Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Fenty, rockin' in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Said none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy And welcome on into Post Time with Mike and Mike. It is the 2019 Year in Review Show, and we appreciate everybody joining us on this program here today. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. We're broadcasting live from the USTA studios, and this is one of our favorite shows of the year. Our favorite shows, uh, I should say, of 2019, but it's already 2020, where we take a look back and review some of the highlights 
a first time with Mike and Mike in the year of 2019. And we have got five great interviews that we dug up from the archive that uh, we did over the uh, past 52 shows in 2019. Dexter Dunn, and, and they all have some kind of theme, basically. So Dexter Dunn, who is the, the named driver of the year, he will, uh, we had a chance to talk to him back in May, and uh, we'll replay that interview for you, as well as Bob McClure. Of course, he sprang a huge upset with Forbidden Train of the 2019 Hamiltonian, and we had a chance to talk to Bob McClure a week after the Hamiltonian, and we're going to replay that interview for you as well. Plus, we had a chance a while back to sit down with the uh, 2019 Breakthrough Award winner, Don L. Mock. So uh, we had a chance to talk to Donnell about what she does in the racing industry. Of course, she is the marketing director at the Meadow, at the, for the Horseman's Association at the Meadows. So we had a chance to sit down with her. Plus, Dave Pallone, of course, one of the big milestones, one of the big stories of 2019 was the fact that Dave Pallone won for the 19,000th time. We had a chance to talk to Dave Pallone shortly after that win. We'll replay that. And, of course, the first ever woman inducted into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame, Linda Toscano, joined us for the first time this past summer. Now, we'll replay that interview for you as well. So we're going to take a trip down memory lane, five outstanding interviews uh, that we conducted in 2019, and we're going to turn back the clock and relive those on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. I'm now joined by my co-host, Mike Carter, who's a, a very busy man. And, Mike, uh, you had a chance to call the... 1,000th seasonal win for driver Aaron Merriman at Northfield Park. They brought you out of the bullpen. You were just you were sitting down there, you were covering the events for the USTA, <laughs> anticipating that Aaron would get the get the job done. And you know, you must have been his good luck charm because he accomplished that task. And Mike, what an accomplishment that was! Uh, I don't know if I was a good luck charm or not. I've been a bad luck charm for a lot of people at Northfield Park. So. Uh... <laughs> you know, just for those things. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to be there and see Aaron do it. And, uh, you know, to do it in his home back, he didn't have to go to Pompano or anything like that. So it was really kind of cool to see. And, Mike, you had the race call of that particular race. And I haven't heard it yet, but I heard that it has uh, already been forwarded to the front of the list for race call of the year. Yeah, so right. Even though it wasn't nominated, we're going to make an executive decision on this program to uh, make that the uh, race call of the year. <laughs> of course, we're kidding. But uh, let's relive that race call. Uh, it happened on uh, December 30th, Monday night at Northfield Park, and one of the Monday night marathon cards at Northfield Park where Dave Bianconi was announced he badly needed the break, Mike. He had to get you in off the bullpen as you guys were in about the 41st race. And uh, But anyway, here is Aaron Merriman, and here is Mike Carter's call of that 1,000th seasonal win off the lead. Gale Force Hanover is on the outside. Then we come back to Sass, who's a length and a quarter in front of Found on a Beach. The back markers are Spirit Bell and Cooper. Some more prints on the engine here, up by two as they pass that opening quarter in 28 and one. Taris Dupark rides the pocket from in a second. Yankees image still five and a half lengths off the lead from third. Floating to the outside is Sass up to contend with Gale Force Hanover. Let me come back to found on a beach and Spirit Bell and Cooper. Some more prints. The three to five betting choice on top by a length and a quarter. Taurus Dupark getting the trip from the pocket in second. About to be overtaken on the outside by Yankees image to a half in 57 and 4, 29 and 3 in that panel. And it's some more prints still on top 
The lead is a length and three quarters. Now Merriman steps on the gas. Terrace Dupark rides the pocket from in a second. Then comes Gale Force Hinover in third, making a break around the clubhouse turn was Yankees image as they race up the back stretch. Some more prints on top by two and a half over Taurus Dupark in second. Outside Gale Force Hinover races in a third. Then at the inside is found on a beach as they race past three quarters in one at 26 and three. It's some more prints with a little bit more than an eighth of a mile left to go on top by five. Gale Force Hanover races into second. Then comes Taurus Dupark as they come to the top of the stretch and win number 1,000 staring Aaron in the face. Some more Prince is on top by seven and is going to draw off to win easily. Here it is. Win number 1,000 for the third time. Aaron Merriman wins aboard some more Prince. Sass on the outside was second. Then Gale Force hit over was third in 156. So our apologies for the nominees for the race call of the year, but uh, we've got Mike Carter's going to take that award right now. Mike, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a great race call. And uh, for the third time, driver Aaron Merriman picks up his 1,000th win. And uh, that had to be special for you to call. Yeah, it was definitely. And, uh, you know, it was a surprise that Dave asked me to step in and, uh, you know, take a swing at it. But uh, I had to I had to warm up a couple of races and I told him I couldn't let that be the first race I called because knowing my luck, that'd be the one I screwed up. And uh, so, you know, we wanted to give it a little bit of justice, but not go overboard with it. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And congratulations to Aaron. And uh, Aaron, of course, puts a lot of miles on that car, Mike, going back and forth from uh, the Meadows to Northfield Park. And, uh, you know, uh, Wendy Ross, who is up for the Innovator of the Year Award here in 2019, of course, your co-worker, had a chance, Mike, to ride with uh, Aaron Merriman. And that's all on YouTube. So if you get a chance, make sure you catch that on uh, YouTube, the USDA channel, because I thought that was pretty intriguing you know, the miles that Aaron puts and that, you know, just the desire and the passion, the love that he has for the sport. Yeah, for sure. And just the amount of things that he does uh, to get those winning marks. I mean, he was talking about going to Pompano. Uh, somebody wanted to take him to Monticello um, on New Year's Eve. So, you know, he was going to put some more miles on his car and, uh, you know, hats off to Aaron. You know, it takes a lot to win 1000 races and uh, only 12 guys have ever done it. And now he's done it three times. So hats off to Aaron Merriman. And we talked about uh, Wendy Ross. Uh, she's up for Innovator of the Year in 2019. And a lot of other candidates are up for all kind of different awards. Voting still open, Mike Carter. You can log on through our website, firsttimewithmikeandmike.com. And uh, once again, make sure you get your votes in. Do not procrastinate as the time is starting to run short. Before we go back and do uh, look at the 2019, Mike, let's kind of look forward to 2020, where uh, this is the last week, Mike of our open. So coming up next week, we'll have a brand new open. We'll have brand new bumper music. I know I've been promising that for uh, since 2016, but I promise next year we're going to, or I mean next week, not next year, <laughs> next week, we're going to have a uh, brand new bumper music. So the, the show is going to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a facelift starting next week, Mike. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And uh, you know, we appreciate all of our listeners who tune in each and every week and uh, we're going to kind of freshen things up a little bit, maybe fresh the website up a little bit and, you know, get some things kind of flipped around and maybe look a little different. That's right. But once again, voting still open for the post time with Mike and Mike awards, seven outstanding categories. Uh, get your votes in now. Once again, you can do so at post time with Mike and Mike.com. Well, Mike, we got a great show coming up for you today. It's always one of our favorite shows. Uh, it is the year in review show. Dexter Dunn, Bob McClure, Don Elmock, Dave Pallone, and Linda Toscano, all with huge, huge accomplishments. 
in 2019, many of them award winners, and uh, we had a chance to catch up with them all throughout the course of 2019. And we're going to turn back the clock with our first guest, the uh, Driver of the Year, Dexter Dunn, after this timeout. You've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Bean as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And, Mike, you guys have a fantastic weekend of racing coming up. We're joined now by Dexter Dunn, who has a few drives on that program. Dexter, how are we doing this morning? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, guys. Dexter, first uh, let's talk about Dunwell before we dive into Sunday's card at Harris, Philadelphia, fresh off a Confederation Cup victory. And boy, did he look dominant in that effort. Uh, it looks like he matured from three to four pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ronnie and his team were you know, really happy with the way he trained down this year. And uh, you know, he had a couple nice qualifiers in Midlands and a good run there and then Obviously, both weeks there at Flamborough, he was, uh, you know, he was a pretty heavy horse, and he got around that half mile really good. 
That's good to hear, Dexter. Mike Bozich here. Let's talk a little bit about, before we get into the accident Harris, Philadelphia, let's talk about uh, adaptation. <laughs> let's talk about how well you've adapted here to the racing in the States and how much different it is, in your opinion, versus racing in your homeland. Um, yeah, well, it's obviously, uh, you know, different in the, the racing style. I think our, our racing style probably has got a little bit closer uh, to over here over the past few years, but obviously there is still, uh, you know, every race from Ramon to two miles, we have standing starts, um, you know, our biggest race of the year at home, the two mile standing start in the Zealand Cup, so there is there is quite a bit of difference, but, uh, you yeah, since I got here, I've been extremely lucky at this point I've got, uh, you know, like a lot of down under trainers, um, you know, give me good drives when I got here and help me, you know, get me going, so I've been, been really lucky. Now, Dexter, you get to drive double millionaire Pinkman this Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia. And Pinkman, obviously, the Hambletonian champion in the Maxi Lee Invitational. And, you know, Pinkman had kind of a sluggish year last year. Only had a – had 17 starts, but only had one victory in those 17 starts. And so far, he's bounced back pretty well this season. What do you make of him? Yeah, he's been racing really, really good. Uh, you know, um right off the bat this time and so yeah it's a good drive to pick up so um you know it's checked the a nice field as well as Charles there in that race that are in really good form too so yeah it'd be it'd be great to sit behind a horse like Pinkman I'll be looking forward to it and uh you'll be hoping we can uh, do some damage with him Dexter, let's talk a little bit about the Commodore Barry, the horse that you are pretty familiar with, and that's a horse by the name of Tiger Thompson. And this is yet another a horse that trainer Josh Parker has brought from overseas that has just raced really, really well. Uh, the effort here two starts back in the Great Northeast Open back on the 12th, uh, where you, you kind of got you had the pocket trip, then you kind of got shuffled, and you were able to uh, outclose pretty much filibuster Hanover. Don't tell me again in the stretch. Tell us a little bit about Tiger Thompson and what we can expect come Sunday. Yeah, he's really, you know, jumped out of the ground uh, his last probably six weeks. Yeah, he raced well at Dover over the winter. Um, he just he gets a little bit hot, um, but he seemed to settle down a lot. And his runs at Chester have been really, really good. You know, I think he's probably been the happiest uh, he can be at Chester. There, his starts he's had there. So his start there two weeks ago, uh, his run there two weeks ago was really, really good. He, um, he's extremely fast off the starting car as well, so he does give you a bit of options, but he makes a pretty hot field here on Sunday. But I think, you know, expecting a pretty good run from him. Dexter, before we let you go, uh, you know, we we asked you a couple of questions ago about adapting kind of to the style here, and uh, not only in America, but in particular here at Harris, Philadelphia, because this is where you've been primarily racing. And, uh, you know, listen, you're buttonheads with guys like uh, Tim Tietrich, who's a future Hall of Famer, Dave Miller, who's a current Hall of Famer, Andy McCarthy, uh, George Napolitano, the list goes on of the deep driving talent here out Easton at Harris, Philly. Has the, I know you were kind of the new kid on the block when you first started. Is that kind of worn off? Um, I, I guess so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, I think we're going all right there. It's, it, you know, it's a great, great group of drivers and get on really good with them all. So it's, um, you know, it's enjoyable to go there and race and uh, so try and uh, keep it up. 
Do you notice that, uh, you know, like you drive certain horses, what about driving tendencies of other drivers? Have you kind of kind of mapped out in your mind how these uh, drivers kind of drive and kind of use that to your advantage during the race? Um, yeah, you, you do basically get an idea and, uh, you know, it, it, when you look through a program and, uh, you know, uh, certain drivers on a certain horse, you sort of get, a, you know, it helps with the game plan of what you've got to do. So, uh, you know, when you're out there enough with them, you, you do tend to, uh, you know, uh, get used to the tendencies and, and the way they drive a race. All right, well, listen, Dexter, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, you'll be a busy day. I'll be seeing you here in a few minutes on the racetrack at Harris, Philadelphia, man. Best of luck to you today and over the weekend. Thanks for talking, guys. Thank you very much. That interview was from back in May as we're back live here on this Here in Review show. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And, uh, Mike, are you surprised how quickly Dexter Dunn adapted to the American style of racing? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, he'd driven over here before and done some really good work. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, he has the ability to do what some drivers can't, and that's keep a horse live longer on the outside. And I think that's a really important skill to have. Well, you know, and that's something that, you know, I think racing overseas kind of helped, uh, helped with because they're not afraid to race wide over there. No, not at all. I mean, we've seen how often have we seen like French racing or any of that. And, you know, they're able to go those really big miles on the outside. Um, something a lot of the horses over here in the U.S. just don't have the ability to do. Right. So uh, hats off to Dexter Dunn. I mean, he's just come such a long way since being here in the States. Long enough, as a matter of fact, to be named the driver of the year. So congratulations to Dexter Dunn. So lots left to come on this edition. The first time with Mike and Mike, it is the 2019 year in review. When we come back, we'll uh, go. We'll turn back the clock to August, where Bob McClure picks up his first Hamiltonian crowd Spring it upset. As a matter of fact, he's up for upset of the year. You can bet on post time with MikeAndMike.com with 2019 Hamiltonian champ Forbidden Trade. We'll be back in just a moment with that interview on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877 800 Eight two extension five 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 five. 
Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you from the Post Time with Mike and Mike studios. We're joined now by the Hambletonian winning driver, Bob McClure. Bob, how's it going this morning? Uh, very good. Yourself? Not too bad. Well, listen, what a ride it has been uh, for you and Forbidden Trade. But talk about this week. Uh, you've had a chance to kind of let it set in. How does it feel to have won the Hambletonian? Oh, it's uh, it's pretty incredible, and uh, you know, having all the people congratulating you uh, for the last uh, few days. It feels like it happened uh, two weeks ago, but it's only been a few days. But uh, it's a pretty great feeling, and uh, hopefully, it doesn't go away anytime soon. Now, Bob, let's kind of talk about Forbidden Trade from Saturday afternoon. Uh, obviously, things started in the elimination. You went after Okus Fonstead uh, early, and, of course, he stepped on the gas, and you had to kind of take back a little bit. But he looked the best in the stretch, if you ask me. Uh, he closed home very sharply heading into the final. Was there any concern that there was uh, not enough left in the tank? No, he did close up really good, but um, green shoe was well within hand, too, so... Uh... I definitely didn't go in thinking that um, we had a big shot at him. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get mine to the front, but uh, especially the way the pace was slowing. But um, he's pretty handy, so when I couldn't, I just put him back in the hole. Now, in the final, uh, you had to flip out three wide halfway down the stretch, and you had to know Green Chew was coming, uh, but you split horses late, and boy was forbidden – trade tough he's got a ton of heart obviously and he went right by the leaders and did you know green shoe was coming or was it one of those that you figured you know he'd be coming in the final strides well i really didn't know where he was i didn't know uh you know in the back of my mind i thought it was possible he had made a break um but uh when he got i heard one coming pretty quick uh coming out of the last turn i figured it was him and uh, he got, uh, he, he did get by me for uh, part of the stretch. So uh, then mine dug in, and I think uh, he let up a bit. Uh, and uh, down by the wire, I, uh, you know, I started to realize I think we got him. So now it's funny because or we saw a bunch of drivers give you a high five after the race, and you know there, there was a ton of emotions on Saturday. What did it feel like when you crossed the line first and you had won your first Hamiltonian in your first drive? Uh, disbelief really um i i think i missed the turn too i went all the way back to the stable gate area like i was going off the track i was just uh i was really in shock and uh, it's a feeling i won't forget for a long time but um yeah it was great uh dexter and uh tim dietrich they giving me props after that was pretty special and uh ron burke on the way back uh to the winter circle was warming one up and he was nice enough to congratulate me and uh you know, to see how happy Luke was and how happy uh, Serge was, uh, it was a really great day. Yeah, he about took you off the bike there when he gave you a hug, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he's a strong guy, and when he gets excited, he, <laughs> he he can do some damage. Now let's talk uh, just about Forbidden Trade in general. He had been racing well leading up to the Hambletonian. What's the ride been like with Forbidden Trade, and do you know maybe where he might be headed next? Yeah, he's just been a he's been a ton of fun to drive, and uh, you know, as a two year old, he won everything just because uh, he was so mature. You know, he was so um, beyond uh, you know a two year old status. You know, you could drive him like an old horse. And then when he came back at three, you know, he he seemed to have found a whole another gear, and you know, he he's just, he just became back a, a monster. And uh, he's been the best horse like trotter in Canada or a three year old colt in Canada. But uh, you never know how he's going to shape up against um, the American horses. And then when the good times, 
you know, he was a closing second. He was locked in. I said, you know, I said, I think he's up there with them, you know, maybe not on green shoes level, but I said, I think he can go with the rest of them. So it made the Hambletonian, um, you know, it, it made it uh, look kind of exciting, you know, that we might have a shot at a good piece, but, uh, he's, he's just such a, such a nice horse to drive. And he was good for me because he's calm. He relaxed me and, uh, you know, it was really nice to uh, debut in the Hamiltonian with a horse like that. All right, Bob. Well, listen, enjoy it. Uh, you know, it, it had to be a lot of fun uh, winning the race. And listen, it was a lot of fun watching it happen. I know uh, my buddy Carnet Barnsdale was jumping for joy at you. I say there will be never be a time where we won't hear him on our broadcast because he was screaming for you all the way down the stretch. Congratulations. And uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing more Forbidden Traits. All right, thank you very much. All right, that was driver Bob McClure as we turn back the clock to August. That was a week or two after the Hamiltonian, and he scored the upset victory with forbidden trade. So lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by MedAmerica and the USTR Year in Review Show rolls on. And Mike, up next, we've got uh, Mr. 19,000. He is the Winningest driver in the sport of harness racing, he accomplished that 19,000 win uh, plateau, surpassed that milestone earlier in the year. And it just is amazing, uh, Mike Carter, how Dave Pallone has continued. You know, we talk about horses holding their form, you know, throughout a month or two. But I'll tell you what, Dave Pallone has maintained <laughs> his form for several years now. And he's, you know, hey, he's just as good now as he was 15, 20 years ago. I mean, 19,000 wins. I mean, that's that's uh, pretty impressive in its own right. And uh, Aaron Merriman's trying to uh, chase him down, but uh, I'm not sure that anybody's going to get close to Plone for a while. So, you know, I remember this interview like it was yesterday, and uh, it was one of the best ones of the year. All right, so we're going to hear that interview, plus we're going to uh, also turn back the clock and hear from Donnell Mock, and she is not only up for an award as Innovator of the Year for Post Time with Mike and Mike, but she has also been awarded the 2019 Breakthrough of the Year. So congratulations to Donnell. We had a chance to talk to her earlier in the year, and we'll replay that here in just a moment. Plus Linda Toscano, of course, the first woman ever, uh, the first woman ever, inducted into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. We had a chance to sit down and talk with her. We're going to replay that interview in just a second. And her horse, Best in Show, is up for 2019 Upset of the Year uh, here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. So once again, to vote for the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards, the clock is starting to run out. Make sure you vote now at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Dave Pallone is up next on The Big Show. Back in just a moment. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. Jimmy Freight is new to Ontario in 2020. Jimmy Freight is the richest and fastest son of sports writer and was the O'Brien three-year-old called Pacer of the Year and won multiple stakes at ages two, three, and four. And Jimmy Freight turns on the Jimmy Jet by a length and a half in 148-1. Jimmy Freight at 10-1 to to win the Dayton Pacey Derby. He stands his first season in 2020. For booking information on Jimmy Freight, please visit winbackfarm.com. Limited shares available. Go to winbackfarm.com. 
Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I tell you, the next first guest that we're going to have on the air this morning, eight over 18,000 wins, as you alluded to. He's the Michael Jordan of Harness Racing Dave Sloan joining the program now. And Dave, we understand you got a qualifier, some qualifiers this morning, but uh, listen, you continue to reign supreme over the sport of horse racing. How in the world do you do it? You know, I I just love it. It's it's a perfect day here in Western Pennsylvania for spin a couple of the qualifiers and then off to the golf course. Well, listen, who's got it better than you, my friend? Well, a, a day in the golf course after qualifiers. Now, I got to ask you. We all know about your harness racing accomplishments, but what kind of golfer are you? <laughs> I'm terrible. I I never get any better. I've uh, I somehow got down to a four or five handicap a few years ago, but it, it's a struggle. The older you get, the tougher that game is. All right. Well, let's listen. Let's talk a little bit about your career. Eighteen thousand plus wins. I mean, obviously, that's you know. I mean, when you sit down and think about it, it's still uh, it just it's a jaw dropping number. The fact that you could be in the winner's circle over eighteen thousand times. So, you, I got to ask you, out of those eighteen thousand plus, which is there a couple that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, winning the jug is always big, and to to win it for a local guy and a good friend of mine, Kelly O'Donnell, that was a big day for us over there. And uh, a dear friend of mine, Ed Molinex, who recently passed, uh, owned the horse, so it was just a, a dream day. And my first adios here was pretty special uh, with my parents and family here. So uh, those two stand out, and uh, the Breeders' Crowns always are big too. And I won a jug yet for my brother, so those are the ones that that stand out to me, Mike. Now, Dave, obviously, you know, you, you, it's a grind each and every week. Uh, the Meadows doesn't really take a whole lot of days off. How do you keep your body going and keep yourself healthy through all those times? You know, that's a good question. Everything hurts a little more every year. But, uh, you know, once you get into bike and you're out there rolling, uh, the winters are a little tougher. But I really enjoy this time of year with the young horses coming around and stuff. And re- really, it's just fun still winning races. Uh, I don't know what I do to kill a day besides – you know, go out and play bad golf or, or get on my wife's nerves. So it's, uh, it's, it's still fun for me. So, Visiting with driver Dave Pallone. Now, Dave, obviously uh, you were at the Meadows and you were driving there pre-slots and, of course, you know, you, post-slots as well. Uh, so you had a chance to kind of see it from both ends. I mean, when you were racing for, you know, not-so-great purses, now you're racing for a lot better purses. Have you seen – any difference uh, as far as uh, competition on the racetrack or anything uh, pre-slots versus post-slots? Well, no question. You know, the, the horses were good back then, and you'd stumble onto a good colt. But uh, now I think the uh, premier stallions are all in Pennsylvania here. You know, the captains and the Lou's and, and the, some beaches still. You know, so I I think that the really the road to the, to the Breeders' Crown, if you want to say, goes through Pennsylvania. It's, it's you know, Ohio, everywhere is getting better, but um, 
there's an awful lot of good culture Saturday starting off their three-year-old season. And, um, you know, that, that's the time of year that everybody looks forward to. Now, Dave, I can't believe we've been on the air this long. We've never had you on. How in the world did you wind up driving horses for a living? It's crazy. You know, everyone's a second and third generation horseman in this game. And I'm a little unique in the fact that my dad just bought a couple of horses, not knowing the difference between a pacer and a trotter as a hobby. And I used to tag along with him as a kid to the track. And uh, I just fell in love with it. I remember the first Adios place was packed and it was uh, Stanley Dancer with Keystone Noor and uh, Joe O'Brien with Nero and, you know, battling down the stretch. And, and Joe just got up to beat him. The place went crazy. And I, I just, uh, I got hooked right then. You know, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was always into sports in high school. And it was something I thought I could do, you know, post-high school that uh, I could still compete and love horses. I was in 4-H as a kid and rode horses. So this has per- been perfect for me. And 18,000-plus wins later, here you are. Now, Dave, i got to ask you, do you ever, you know, after a day's driving or, or whenever you get a couple of minutes alone, do you ever sit down and, and kind of look back at your career and go, wow, I can't believe that I've been in the winner's circle 18,000-plus times? Yeah, you know, it 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 never I was never really got into the numbers that much, but you know, when you meet someone and they, it was funny the other day, I was getting a haircut and and the little girl who's cutting my hair, she says, "Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to bring me to the track to watch your dad race." I said, well, I'm sorry, that was me. I'm still at it, so you know, it's it's been thirty some years of grinding, but uh, it's nice when people bring it to your attention because it, it has been a long grind and and a lot of work. And, and uh, I've been so fortunate to drive for all the top stables and um, drive so many good horses over the years. Uh, just blessed, even at 57 now, to get the opportunities I do. I've been very lucky. Well, you talked about it, uh, 57. What's uh, what's there left to accomplish for Dave Pallone? What are some of the things you want to accomplish before you call it a career? Well, you know, everybody has a dream, and you only have to stumble onto one to, to win a Hamiltonian, you know, or – or uh, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, everybody brings throws up the number of twenty thousand. It seems like forever to get to twenty thousand. So uh, I'd have to really uh, stay at the top of my game, which is motivation for me to be able to compete with these young guys, and uh, just keep plugging at it. I really don't have any plans for the future except to uh, give the trainers my best effort when I hit the racetrack. All right. Well, listen, Dave, we certainly appreciate appreciate you joining us, my friend. We know you got a qualifier at 11. That's in 13 minutes, so uh, we're going to let you get to it. But, listen, we certainly appreciate you dropping by, and uh, best of luck to you on your quest to 20K. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> nice to chat with you. All right. And that was the voice of Dave Pallone, as uh, we had a chance to talk to him earlier in the year, 19,000-plus career wins. Now we talked about how great of an accomplishment that is. But, Mike, what a good guy and a great ambassador for the sport, Dave Pallone is. Yeah, for sure. And he's a wonderful interview. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I asked him about, you know, the beating and the banging of the, uh, of the body, so to speak. And, you know, he said everything hurts a little bit more, but he doesn't want to sit at home and bother his wife. That's a heck of an answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely. And no wonder why you're still driving. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Dave Pallone, 19,000 headed towards 20,000 wins. It's just a mind boggling, mind boggling accomplishment. Still lots left to come 
uh, Don L. Mock is going to be joining us, or what did join us uh, earlier in 2019, and uh, she is uh, the Breakthrough Award winner here in 2019, so congratulations to her, and she is also up for a post-time with Mike and Mike Award Innovator of the Year, so hats off to Don L. Mock getting recognized for her accomplishments. But up next, we're going to, uh, we had a chance to talk to trainer Linda Toscano back in 2019. And, of course, she is the first woman ever inducted into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. Such an accomplishment. And uh, she was able to pull off the upset with Best in Show in the Meadowlands Pace. So uh, congratulations to her for that. And, of course, Best in Show is up for an award, too. Our post-time with Mike and Mike Upset of the Year Award. So we'll turn back the clock and hear from Linda Toscano on the other side of this timeout. You've got post-time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Back in the USDA studios, Mike Bozich flying solo. You got post time with Mike and Mike presented by the USDA and our good friends at Bet America. Great show coming up. Ryan Clements is going to be joining us, plus Joe Kelly. But first, we've got the Hall of Famer. Boy, that's got a good ring to it. Linda Toscano joining the program. Linda, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Well, I guess the first question we have to ask you, uh, and of course, we're going to get to the Meadowlands pace. We're going to talk about best in show, but we have to talk about the Hall of Fame. It certainly had to be uh, just a special feeling, uh, not only being in the Hall of Fame, getting inducted in the Hall of Fame, but to be the first woman ever in the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. That is, that's quite an accomplishment. I appreciate that. It was humbling, to say the least. You know, I don't think anyone starts out um, their careers in any way, in any walk of life and expects to get into a Hall of Fame. So you just try to be as good as you can possibly be. And and um, to be recognized like that was pretty special. You know, Linda, we, we've had you on the show before, and we kind of talked a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got started uh, earlier, early in your career. But, you know, at what point in your career, Linda, would you say, you know what, I'm pretty good at this. I think I'm going to make a go at it. I don't even know that answer. I still think I'm working on that. Um, I, I think when I finally found the uh, the young horses, um, I, I like doing the raceway horses. I love being around the horses, period. But but when I uh, I started picking out young horses and um, developing and bringing them to the races, um, I loved it. And I think if you do what you love, um, sometimes it works better. 
That's right. You know what I always say, Linda? I said, listen, I'm doing what I love, and I've honestly never worked a day in my life. That's, I think that's the key in life is to find something that you love to do and do it because you know what? You're going to be successful at it. If you love what you're doing, you're going to be successful at it. And uh, Linda, we talked about first being the first woman uh, ever uh, into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. Let's talk a little bit about that aspect. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, it is a male-dominated sport. I don't think there's any question about that. So did you, in your career, especially earlier in your career, did you uh, come across any roadblocks or, or, or stumbles uh, because you were a woman in a male-dominated sport? Maybe. I don't know. You know, I, I was very, very fortunate. I started in the metropolitan area at one of the biggest racetracks, Roosevelt Raceway, and the Meadowlands. Um I worked for some of the top, top guys in the sport, and when I went on my own, they actually fed me horses to get me started. So, you know, I think if I felt any gender bias at all, it was when I left town, you know, and it was when I got to different places. But for the most part, I never really felt it. I I, I, I know I'm one of the few, and I know I've spoke to a lot of women who say it, but um, if I felt it, I never let it get in my way. I just... It was it was something I wanted to discount and move on. Visiting with Hall of Famer uh, trainer Linda Toscano. Linda, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about the Meadowlands Pace. Uh, best in show, in my opinion, was given just a picture-perfect drive by Brian Sears, was used to get position, and uh, kind of laid off the pace after that. And I kind of had a feeling that things were going to get a little competitive uh, towards the half and three quarters. And I, I knew that there was going to be a horse that was going to win this race from off the pace. Uh, I didn't think it would be best in show, to be quite honest with you, but nonetheless, he got the job done at 148. Tell us what was going through your mind during that race. Well, you bet, you basically nailed it. I mean, we had hoped um, those three colts are stupendous. I mean, they're great colts. And, I mean, I think they, they will mix it up a little bit this year, right, because they're all incredibly talented. And Mike Colt is blessed with incredible gate speed, and he's also got such a nice soft mouth. And uh, he'll relax as soon as you do leave him so he doesn't get in his own way. And uh, Brian just gave him the trip of his life. And I kind of handicapped it exactly the same way. Um, I thought they might be a little careful with Captain Crunch from the rail. I knew working on the mystery was going to go. And I thought the horse to beat was Better's Wish. He's just an amazing little horse. He's not a big horse, but he's got uh, he's got lungs of an elephant. He's huge. He, he just never stops. And the trip he went the other night is nothing short of remarkable. And... Um, that's exactly what happened. We were able to leave out of there. We were able to find a spot, um, let them beat themselves up a little bit. Um, at the half, I saw 52. I said, this is going to get interesting. Three quarters when I saw 119 and change, and Timmy came out, which is exactly what he should have done because he was at dead aim on them. And uh, we were able to duck back down to the inside. I was just hoping that my horse had some fresh legs because sometimes in those cases, fresh legs win the race, and we were able to get there. So it was, it was quite exciting. Tell us a little bit about Best in Show. Tell us how you got him and, uh, you know, when you kind of realized that he could be something special. Well, very lucky. I mean, I was very fortunate to get him. I've been training um, Richard Young's horses for a couple of uh, years right now. And, you know, anytime I could never afford to buy a colt like that if he went through a sale. He's a better delight. I have a world champion mare and uh, the first colt. And he um, he's always done everything right. He's been a, a kind of a happy colt to be around you know typical better delight he bites you a little bit and and plays but likes his work um 
good gated. Uh, we raced them. So we trained them down last year and sent them up to Tony O'Sullivan to race because I had one horse that was eligible to the Ontario Sire Stakes, and it was just going to be too hard to manage him. So we sent him up there, and he raced really well and then come up a little bit cold sore. So uh, his owner and I talked about it. We decided to shut him down instead of just kind of giving him a spell and then trying him for the end of the year and uh, brought him back fresh this year. Um, kind of a hard thing to do because you're starting behind the eight ball because he's all cold. These other colts are all seasoned a little bit. But um, he had enough talent. You know, we started him at the Meadowlands, and then fortunately for him, he had a great jump, jumping block to be able to start off with the Ontario Sire Stakes. They're good horses up there, but they're not but they're not all thrown at you all at once. And he was able to find his sea legs and learn a little bit about how to race up there. And uh, kind of every week he's just improved just a little bit more. And uh, add that to uh, – to the way he raced in the elimination, and then Brian, Brian just put him in the right spot the other night, and everything seems to have come together. Tell us, uh, tell us what's next. Well, he's going to go back up to Ontario. You know, uh, we were going to race him in the Adios had he not pulled this off the other night, but after he did, there was really no reason to take him out there. So we gave him a couple weeks off, and he's going to go up back up to Ontario where he's got a couple of gold races, and then he's got all the rest, uh, the big races towards the end of the year. Visiting with Linda Toscano. Linda, before we let you go, I have to ask you about a horse that raced here yesterday at Harris, Philadelphia. I got a couple of messages saying, wow, this is a pretty nice horse. Horse by the name of Sailboat Hanover, a two-year-old, uh, wins on debut, goes, I believe, 53-4, and 53-3, and three, if my memory serves me correctly. Tell us a little bit about him. Nice colt. Nice colt. Uh, very, very hard to get gated. Um, I give credit to Brad on my other half because he did a heck of a job getting that colt gated. And... Um, he always had a really, really good attitude. He always tried real hard, but he just could not find uh, a, a good solid pace. And he fiddled with him and fiddled with him, and he got him. And uh, he's uh, he's come real well at the end here, and that was a pretty good effort for his first start the, the other day. All right. Well, listen, Linda, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. By the way, that was a wonderful speech and uh, that you gave. And I urge each and every one of you, we've got it on our archive at posttimewithmikeandmike.com to check it out. It, it, was, it was pretty cool. But congratulations on that. Congratulations on your Meadowlands space. Congratulations on a lot of things, Linda. You're just having a good go of it as of late. But we appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy morning here to join us. I appreciate it, and uh, I mean, I'm only as good as the people that are my crew and my team and everybody like that. I mean, I'm just very fortunate. I've got a great base of owners, and I've got a, an incredible staff that that helped me get there. All right. Thanks, Linda. Take care. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com.
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. And we are back live on Bostad with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, as this 2019 year in review show kicks on. We have one final interview left on this 2019 year in review show, and it is with Donnell Bach. And of course, Donnell not only up for a post time with Mike and Mike Award as Innovator of the Year, but she is the 2019 Breakthrough Award winner. So, congratulations. To Donnell, she is the marketing director of the uh, Meadows Horsemen's Association, and uh, she has just done a fine, fine job of promoting the product out there. I know they have a very strong working relationship with the uh, hockey team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's huge. Whenever you can cross-market, cross-promote, especially with a professional sports team, I think it's a huge thing and a very big positive for the sport of harness racing, and Donna was certainly instrumental in that. So without further ado, let's turn back the clock and let's meet the 2019 Breakthrough Award winner, Donnell Mock. Without further ado, let's bring in the marketing director of the Meadows Standard Bread Owners Association, Donnell Mock. Donnell, welcome to the program, your first time on Post Time with Mike and Mike. You're not nervous, are you? A little bit. I'm, I always get a little nervous for interviews. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, we're, listen, we're very low-key here. We're very off-the-cuff here, so you have nothing to worry about. But, uh, you know, we're going to get into this, uh, and this story really intrigued me because over the last year or so in particular, we've seen a lot of horses come from overseas, not only from, you know, Australia and New Zealand, but we're starting to see some of the horses come in from Ireland and from Europe as well, and they are making quite an impact on the racing scene here in the States. So we're going to talk about uh, this horse in particular that's uh, coming to and going to be racing at the Meadows. But let's talk about you first. Let's introduce the harness racing community for those people that don't know who Don Elmock is. Who is Don Elmock? Um, well, I've always been har- uh, harness racing. I was born into it. My dad trained racehorses at the Meadows, so it's something I've always been around. I went to school at Youngstown State, and I graduated with a marketing degree. And, um, you know, I went to the Dan Patch Awards, of, I mean, years ago with Heather Wilder, and I was like, wow, this is great. Like, at the time, I was in school for managing information systems, and I went to a couple of seminars they had about promoting the sport and the social media. And when I got back, I changed my um, my degree over to marketing because I was like, I, I love this. I want to be able to stay in the sport forever and, like, 
I can't be a trainer because I'm not good at that. But this is a way for me to stay in the sport and help the sport grow. So I ended up switching over and just started out when I graduated. The MSOA had a spot open for social media. So I started as just their social media director, and then I worked my way up, and now I do the marketing and put on the events for them. And obviously, marketing is something very important uh, to the sport of harness racing, something that a lot of people will say over the past 10, 15, 20 years that the sport, quite frankly, lacks. But I see a lot of younger people assuming the roles like you do. And, and one of the things, one of the definitely one of the great things that I've noticed is the fact that racing has a uh, definitely an improved presence on social media. And I would even say a darn good presence in social media. What are some of the marketing uh, tactics that you've brought uh, to the MS- MSOA, some of the ideas that you have to, you know, improve marketing in the sport of racing? You know, when I started, we were lucky enough, we were getting some state money, some state grant money. So with that money, we were able to become a Pittsburgh Penguin Partnership. So our commercials play during their shows um, on the radio and TV. And along if you go to the stadium itself, You'll see our logos up, they'll flash, and sometimes we're in their program. So I think I was lucky enough we did some bus ads. We uh, plastered trailers that say follow us to the meadows. Um, along, I love the social media. That's probably my favorite thing to do. I mean, it's just a great tool to reach so many people. Giveaways are huge for people to share your stuff. Um, also, the biggest thing that I brought to the Meadows was we started wiener dog races three years ago, and those are, like, such a success. It's crazy the amount of people that will come out and want to enter their dog, and it's just – it's my favorite night we have. Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting, too, because you see racetracks across the country, not only with the wiener dogs, they're very popular, but the camels and the zebras seem to bring people in and i i don't know what it is but it seems like every racetrack that runs these kind of promotions it's like people flock to it and a lot of new people yeah i uh was an intern at the meadowlands and that was the best night the camel and ostriches i mean i was so excited when the camels came we got to go over early and pet them and stuff so it's so exciting to see different animals that you don't see in everyday life and bring them into the racetrack so I love that Meadowlands always did that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's no petting the ostriches. I, they just look mean. I don't know what it is. They just don't look like the, the friendliest creatures at all. But I'll tell you what, they put on a great show, and, and people love them. Donna, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this horse that is coming in. Uh, I've read the USTA article. I know I'm going to screw up the name. Uh, Duke de Giza, I believe, is the, the horse's name. But he's a top gelding trotter um, in Ireland, and uh, he's going to be uh, handled by Jack Colleen, who's uh, who's been driving at the Meadows, uh, not overly often, but does have some starts there. What can you tell us about this horse and what kind of uh, impact he'll make on the racing scene at the Meadows? I mean, I'm really excited to see him over here. Uh, he was supposed to be here by now. But he got delayed in one of his quarantines coming over. I think he was delayed in Amsterdam. But he's supposed to be here by the end of the month. Um, Jack's really excited and ready to get right into jogging and training him and have him ready uh, right away as soon as he's here. I think it'll switch it up. You know, we're always looking for more horses. We race all year round. 
So it's nice when you get a new horse in there to switch up the racing and, you know, it makes it interesting. And he was undefeated in Ireland, which Jack told me not to put in the article because he didn't want me to jinx him. So uh, it'll be interesting to have him over here because you don't see it. I mean, we get a lot of New Zealand horses, but this will be the first since I've started a horse from Ireland coming over. So I'm very excited to see how he does. Yeah, no question about it. It's always interesting to see how these type of horses, you know, kind of, you know, assimilate to the the North American atmosphere because there there is definitely a change. I mean, it's a change in weather. It's a change in racing style. You know, a lot of times horses over there are used to going different kind of distances. But this has to mean a lot to, to Jack Colleen. I know he said in the article that, you know, it's kind of his dream to be successful here in the States. So this this has to mean something to Jack, huh? Yeah, you can tell he's excited. I mean, he's such a great guy to be around. He is always so happy and excited, like just super bubbly. I've never seen him in a bad mood since he's been here. So I'm excited for him, and I hope this horse does great things for him here. I mean, he's a gorgeous-looking horse, too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. Yeah, no question. Donnell, before we let you go, uh, obviously you guys are very active on social media. Um, as you said, the Meadows races year-round. So, you know, give us uh, – tell us what live racing days there are at the Meadows, first of all, what days they race, number one. And number two, tell us how we could follow you guys on uh, social media. Yeah, so you can follow us. Um, we're at the MSOA on Twitter and Instagram, and then just Meadows Standard Bread Owners Association on Facebook. Um, we race currently Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sundays at 105. And then we it switches in uh, March. Is March 10th is our last Sunday, and then it goes back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you just follow us on social media, I'll keep you up to date when we're racing because we do switch it up sometimes. Fantastic. And, of course, Donnell, recently another ownership change at the Meadows with Penn Gaming taking the helm. Chris McElwain, Mark Lowy now is uh, is a new boss over there, so to speak. Relationship right now good between the MSOA and the, and the new uh, ownership? Yeah, it's great. We uh, had a meeting when Mark started, and we got to know him a little bit. And then we have a marketing committee for the MSOA, so we get to meet with um, the head people over there, you know, It'll be Mark now that he started, but it used to be Kevin and Tasha. So it's a good right. relationship. We meet with them once a month and kind of discuss where we're going, what we can do, and the events that we're going to ha- put on. I had a chance to sit with uh, – no, Chris McElwain pretty well. I had a chance to sit with Chris at the uh, Pennsylvania uh, Horseman Awards Banquet. Really, really good guy. I mean, just a great guy. Don Ellis, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you uh, as, uh, at the helm of the marketing director of the MSOA. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Duke de Giza will uh, be able to accomplish on the racetrack at the Meadows. Thanks, Donnell. Yeah, thank you. Winback of Delaware Stallion lineup offers 12 proven stallions for the first stage. Classic Carn Shark is a proven sire of stakes winners. He is a full brother to both Better's Delight and Roll with Joe. Roddy's Banks again is the sire of multiple TSBF final winners, including $675,000 winner Perfect Bag. I'm Linda Tishano. I was the trainer of Husband Bluetooth for his whole career, and I have nothing but good things to say about Heston. He was a professional horse from the day he started. Heston Bluechip is the sire of multiple stakes winners, including 29C New York Sire Stakes champion and $980,000 winner, Zero Tolerance. For more information on stallions, including breeding contracts, visit winbackfarm.com. 
The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. All right, we are back to wrap this thing up. Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. And Mike Carter, 2019, although it was in officially in the books a couple of days ago, as far as the show is concerned, is in the books as well. And we've got a very exciting 2020 to look forward to. Yeah, I completely agree, Mike. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the sport of harness racing throughout 2020. And, you know, Aaron Merriman making four in a row. I guess we're gonna, I guess we'll find out. Yep, and uh, well, I got the show clothes rolling. Uh, I think it's time for a new show clothes. What do you think? Are we gonna add that to the mix yeah, of the facelift? All right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, keep we'll a, I'll keep it a secret. Though. I'm not gonna tell you what it's going to be. I'll keep it oh, a secret. It's probably gonna be so something rocking. It's gonna be something rocking. Yeah. Well, you know, usually when we got, it's kind of sad. So. We'll have to find something kind of in the middle. But listen, we appreciate everybody, all of our listeners on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Don't forget, still time to vote for the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. You can do so on posttimewithmikeandmike.com. For Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. We'll see you Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.